Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I appreciate you taking some time to join us today. I'll just start, as we do every week, with reminding you that what you're about to hear today should not be construed as individual investment advice, but instead is just our view on the markets and the economy. Might be something for you to take into account as you're making your investment decisions, or if you need someone to help, we'd encourage you to give us a call here at the office. With that, let's dive into this week, and I want to start a little different this week than we normally do, and I want to talk about history, and I want to talk about geopolitical history, not about market history. I want to come back to the famous Mark Twain line that history never repeats itself, but it does often rhyme. And we had a scary moment this week, and it got fluffed over pretty quickly after things went on, but I think we need to address the historical importance of it. And that scary moment was when an errant missile fell inside Poland, killing two Poles. And the market reacted very swiftly to this. It dropped 1.3% in a matter of minutes after the announcement was made. It was a reminder that while the war in Ukraine has largely fallen off the front of our consciousness, it can still impact us and the world in a manner far beyond what we've seen so far. Now, I've made the argument on this podcast more than once that the state of the world today is better than it any time in human history, and I absolutely believe that that remains true. While technology and trade and open communication and easy travel and a million other things have made the world a smaller and more transparent place, humans are still human. We are still a very flawed species. That makes understanding our past and the issues that have previously led to conflict very important in understanding our future. So while the deaths in Poland ended up being a much less dangerous situation than originally was thought, there are parallels between what is happening today and what dragged us into the First World War. You probably all know the story that the first shot in World War I was the round that killed Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria. But why did the assassination of the heir to the Austrian throne lead to one of the deadliest wars in human history? Two words, very simple, international alliances. So what do I mean by that? It's a bit of a winding story, but let's go through the high points of it. Because to put this into context, Serbia wanted independence for Bosnia-Herzegovina from Austria-Hungary. So a Serbian nationalist associated with a group called the Black Hand, actually a group of Serbian nationalists, went to execute Ferdinand. And they tried, they failed, and then one remaining assassin was able to shoot him in his car later in the day. So in response to that attack, there was a whole lot of drama going on in the world at the time, and people were pretty stressed out about what it would mean, and several weeks later, Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia. Now, Russia had a mutual defense agreement with Serbia. They had committed to protect Serbia in the case of war, and so Russia was pulled into the conflict and had to declare war on Austria-Hungary. In the meantime, Germany had a treaty of mutual defense with Austria-Hungary. And so when Russia declared war on Austria-Hungary, Germany was then forced to enter the war and declare war on Russia. Ah, but then it gets more interesting. France, having a mutual defense treaty with Russia, then was forced to declare war on Germany. Germany then marched troops to attack France through Belgium. Well, guess what? Great Britain had a defense treaty with Belgium and was thus drug into the war. So it was a constant falling of dominoes. The result of those dominoes, though, 
nearly 40 million casualties across Europe and around the world. Now, today's international alliances are much cleaner, especially on our side. We have NATO. And the rules of NATO are very simple. Spelled out in Article 5, an attack on one is an attack on the whole alliance. That's why when two people were killed in Poland, everyone freaked out because they were very concerned that it might have been a Russian attack and thus would have forced us into an Article 5 issue with NATO. Thankfully, that turned out not to be the case. It was not a direct attack attack on a NATO member. But it is a stark reminder that we are one crazy nationalist away from potential crisis. And so we can't solve for that in portfolios. You can't solve for that in portfolios. But it is something we need to watch. And we can't let what's happening in Ukraine fall out of our consciousness as we're making decisions in the market. Still affects a lot of things. So with that, let's move on and let's actually talk about the market. Because a week ago, we had an unexpectedly positive showing in CPI, and it led to a very optimistic market. And you may recall that in my podcast last week, I talked about the need for patience, the need to not get over our skis too much. I love the data, but given the lack of consistency of message from the Fed this year, I just was not convinced that one good CPI report was enough to change the direction of policy. So this week, the Fed had a chance to weigh in, or more specifically, individual members of the Fed had a chance to weigh in. And they weighed in, (laughs) and it was not what the market was hoping to hear. I'll just give a couple quotes. So Kansas City Fed President Esther George said in an interview this week that we are, quote, looking at a labor market that is so tight I don't know how you continue to bring this level of inflation down without having some real slowing, and maybe we even have a contraction in the economy to get there, end quote. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly said, quote, a pause in rate hikes is off the table, end quote. Then on Thursday, the big one was James Bullard. He's the St. Louis Fed president, and he's known for, he's the loose lips, sink ships guy. <laughs> he, he talks a lot. But he does seem to have a pretty fair understanding of where the Fed is. And he said, quote, to attain a sufficiently restricted level, the policy rate will need to be increased further, essentially stating that the Fed still has a lot of work to do. So are you sensing a trend here? Because the Fed message machine was in overdrive last week. Well, why? Because market expansion, like we saw in the previous week, is actually inflationary. So if the market gets too far out in front of the Fed, it actually becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy on inflation, and it becomes increasingly difficult to bring inflation in line. Now, the market listened a little bit this week, it paired some of its gains, but given what we saw in Poland and such aggressive language from the Fed, frankly, I was a little bit surprised that the S&P was off less than a percent. It was down 0.69% for the week. So now we enter into the last part of the year. This week is a shortened week. We only have trading for three and a half days. The market's closed on Thursday. It's closed on the second half of Friday. And then it's a race to Christmas. And not much has changed. As you all know by now, the success of portfolios this year has been largely based on expectations of inflation and Federal Reserve policy. Results from inflation reports and Fed meetings that are better than expectations mean rallies, worse mean contractions. That makes understanding what the expectations are for the rest of this year especially important. So with that in mind, I wanted to point out four big expectation moments. So let's go through those quickly. The first one is coming up this week. It's on Wednesday. On November 24th, the Fed minutes from the previous Fed meeting are released. So we get the Fed statement 
when the meeting happens and we get Powell's comments, but then we see the minutes. And the minutes show us much more detail about what the Fed was discussing in the meeting. That's coming out right before we leave for Thanksgiving. It comes out at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, meaning there are two hours left for the market to operate on Wednesday to digest that information. And then we have just a half a day Friday because the markets close at noon Eastern, or excuse me, noon Central for Black Friday. Expect that if there's anything quirky in those minutes, anything that was unexpected, it will probably mean some volatility at the back half of this week. The second big moment is coming up the following week, December 1st. We get the PCE report. Now, PCE used to be the gold standard of inflation reports. It's not. I don't know why anymore. Uh, It really comes back to Powell's comments in June about CPI. And so CPI is the bigger deal today, moving markets, but PCE still matters. And the PCE report right now, the expectation is that core PCE month over month will drop from 0.5% to 0.3%. So beating that expectation, or at least meeting that expectation, is going to be important. The third one is the CPI report. That comes out on December 13th. The new gold standard, as they say. And that's going to be a really important report because it's published the day before the Fed comes out with their next interest rate policy announcement, which brings us to the fourth big expectation, which is the Fed meeting on December 14th. Now, there's two pieces. Number one, we're going to get a rate hike announcement. We all know that. But the bigger piece, I would say, is the Fed's next round of economic projections. They release those eh, kind of every other meeting. They did not release one in November. The last one we got was in late September. So we're waiting on the updated economic projections. To me, that is the most important thing in this list of things to expect between now and the end of the year. Because we know we're facing more rate hikes. Nobody nobody questions that. The Fed's made it clear. The question is not if rates are going up, but how high are they going and how long are they going to be there? And frankly, how quick are they going to get there? So the big, the big issue is the quote-unquote terminal rate. The terminal rate, meaning the highest rate that the Fed is going to raise interest rates to in this cycle. Now, as of the last meeting, the expectation for terminal rate is sitting between 45 and 5%. Now, if you assume 5 as the top end, that means rates still need to climb an additional 1% from where they are today. The market is actually pricing in a little bit more than that. The market is saying the terminal rate will be between 5 and 5 and a quarter percent based on what the Fed said in the November meeting. So the ultimate question right now to end the year, is the Fed going to move that target? Is the terminal rate going to go substantively higher? If not, if, if we get these economic projections and the terminal rate stays right around that five to five and a quarter percent number, then that means that we're nearing the end of the rate hike cycle and the days of the three quarters of a percentage point rate hikes are behind us. That will probably mean a 50 in December and a few 25s to finish out the cycle. But if the terminal rate climbs dramatically on December 14th, that's going to be the clearest sign yet that we have a long march ahead of us. So the market's moves over the next three and a half weeks are going to be very dependent on where the sentiment is for that decision and the three other pieces leading up to it. So watch that very closely. We certainly will be as well.
We'll wrap it up there this week. As usual, if you have any questions or comments and would like to talk to us about it, please don't hesitate to give myself or my colleagues a call at 515-273-1333. Or as usual, you can visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Love spending time with the family. So I hope you enjoy it. Have a great week and we will be back next Monday. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.